This is Look West, a podcast from California's Assembly Democrats. In the state capitol, when you ask people what the last week of a legislative session is like, there are two distinct groups. Those who have been here before. A roller coaster. Chaotic. Grueling. Long. <laughs> Contentious. Crazy. Uh, frenetic. Organized chaos. A cluster. <laughs> Drama. <laughs> hectic. I think hectic would be the word. And those who are still full of enthusiasm. Awesome. Thrilling. I think this is pretty damn awesome. Hell yeah. Amazing. I love it. Invigorating. Ecstasy. Excitement. Momentous. It's cliche, but my word's probably inspiring. I'm Bella Romero with Look West. So what makes this time of year so chaotic and energizing for the staffers in the building? Well, for one, protesters. Plenty of running around, shuffling legislation between the houses and to the governor's desk and a capital community that many likened to a family, support network, and sometimes a therapist. So what is the end of session? Well, think about it like the end of the school year. You've worked the last nine months on intense legislation, resolutions, constitutional amendments, and bills that if passed will affect the lives of nearly 40 million Californians. So just like in school, the last week is- Finals. Yeah, finals. It's a lot of work, waiting, and plenty of snacks to get you through the long nights, the amendments to language, and committee hearings that are so critical to passing legislation to create a California for all. So what does all of this look like for the staff and assembly members doing the work to make the last week go as quickly and painlessly as possible? For one, it means a lot of questions. When is session going to be over? What time are we wrapping up tonight? <laughs> what are we going to get for dinner tonight? Oh, where's your boss on this? You get that all the time. Where's David? What's next? For us, it's what are you going to do now? What are you going to do to top 392 or what's next? Well, what is even happening, right? Like, what is the process? Where are we at now? Either uh, where are you at on my bill or <laughs> why are you pestering me about your bill? <laughs> it also means less work-life balance. Everyone in the building works late, sometimes until 3 a.m. on the last night. We heard from the chief clerk's office where snacking is the way to get through the crazy hours. Um, I eat whatever is put in front of me, and I have a shelf in front of my office where everyone puts the food and the gifts that we get from members, and I'm always the first one to eat. For some, health goes on the back burner. I'm sick, right? And I'm still here at work. Um, I feel an obligation to be here, but also... I want to be here. Many others rely on their offices to help them out, checking in, talking about snacks. This week to prepare, we all talked about, coordinated on bringing in snacks um, and like making sure there were um, good things to eat in the office. We talked about trying to make sure there was healthy things in the office, but also some non-healthy stuff too. Sometimes there's some exercise. Usually it's nothing that a long run can't fix though in the morning before we get going. Uh, or some plant therapy for the gardeners inside all of us. I recently got incredibly into gardening and plants. And I, I was like wondering why that's been. And now I'm thinking that's just been my, my escape, my mental escape. Um, and it gives me something else to kind of nerd out on that's outside of politics and news because I find myself constantly just going into that rabbit hole. Assemblymember Buffy Wicks talked about her office's way of de-stressing. We just all went out to lunch before session today together as a team, which yeah. was good. Um, trying to talk about non-work things as best we can. And Assemblymember Kevin Mullen talked to us about the importance of family during this stressful time. This yeah. is very much a different kind of a week for me because mm -hmm. of the length of our sessions. Mm -hmm. um, all the other weeks of this session year, I would stay over on Wednesday nights and I would do the drive back to the Bay Area three mm -hmm. times a week. Uh, this week I'm staying up uh, for most of the week. So I'm realizing I'm gonna be away from uh, my new twins. 
my 19-month-old twins and my wife and my dog, so I miss them. When work-life balance fails, many of our staff look to their team in the Capital community to make it through the week. Words of encouragement never fail to work. We are kind of always giving each other words of affirmation and telling each other how we're rock stars and how we got this, and it's great. And some members even get involved with making sure the team is fueled for the work ahead. We're spoiled. Um, my member cooks for us almost every week. And most importantly, everyone has each other's backs. When things are moving really fast, like, oh, have you make sure you eat lunch, make sure you do all those things. And that's like, I think that that's generally, regardless, like end of session, especially since it's so yeah. fast moving, but like also like just during the year, like it's a good thing to, yeah, we're all kind of like, looking out for people as people, yeah. too. A strong support network is critical for the end of session. With both the Senate and Assembly an all-day floor session, staff are on their feet in the back of chambers or glued to their TVs to watch legislation moving between both houses before going onto the governor's desk. They're the eyes and ears for the member who are stuck on the floor voting or debating items on the daily file. Your team can make or break when dramatic events unfurl in the observation galleries. As the media has covered, there have been plenty of vocal and disruptive displays in the Capitol during the last week of session by anti-vaxxers protesting Senate bills further regulating vaccination requirements and exemptions. With any contentious bill, discussion and debate is expected and encouraged. What took a turn in the Capitol the last week of session was the level of disruption that we saw, affecting those in all Assembly and Senate offices and visitors to the Capitol. Estela, with Assemblymember Gibson's office, and Joe and Anthony from Assemblymember Weber's office say the impact and effectiveness of protests and rallies can vary. Every year is a different, it's a different protest. So yeah. this year's the anti-vaxxers, last year were the nurses. Mm -hmm. um, I think, for I mean, it doesn't really bother me at first because I think people have the right to protest and free speech and what it is. It just, uh, when it starts to affect us, like getting into the building, that's when it gets a little annoying when we can't even get into work, right? Or when they're blocking the halls and blocking the elevators. That's when it gets to be a little bit too much. I mean, I get what they're trying to do. Um, I don't think it's effective because it just really rows people the wrong way. Um, I think it, I mean, I think it obviously helps raise awareness on whatever issue that they're concerned about. Um, I think protests work most of the time when they're outside and we see them and we hear them. Um, but not when it's trying to affect our everyday work, then that's just, I think that goes way beyond what they're trying to achieve. We support everybody's, you know, First Amendment rights, the right to petition your government, and all that, but at the same time, we're not sure that stopping, which actually happened, stopping mm -hmm. the business of the legislature is the best approach um, for them um, or for the legislature, because there are a lot of people who had bills that meant something to them that were being considered and they had worked on them really hard and the fate of those may have been slowed to the point where the legislature couldn't consider it. Joe and Anthony had to consider how to best use rallies or protests during the battle over the police use of force legislation. What's the most strategic thing to do? What's going to help the bill? Um, what's what are your goals? What are you trying to achieve? Are you trying to just make noise? Are you trying to get the bill signed? Are you trying to win over a vote? Um, and so that's where we ground everything that we do and, and the folks that we worked with. You know, some folks wanted to shut it down um, and there are ways to shut it down, but still be productive. And so that's what our conversations were always about was what's the best way to move the issue forward. And um, there were times when we needed to, you know, have people walk the halls and be a little loud. And there were times when, 
you know, we would have those meetings just quietly in an office and talking with folks. And so, um, you know, there were times where people wanted to elevate and it was always, we'd come back to, is this the best thing? Is this the right thing for the bill at this moment? Mm-hmm. What is best for your movement? If you're, if you're going to come to the, I mean, I love it when people get engaged. Mm-hmm. I love it when people's reaction, emotions yeah. go, look, this is important to me. I'm willing to sit on a bus for five hours and go to, to Sacramento on a very hot day and have to sort of hang out in the hallways. Mm-hmm. To be engaged in the legislative process, that's important. You I mean, I think, I think most people would, I mean, we would want that to happen. We hope that people would do that in the polls sometimes. But you got to be sure that what you, your efforts, not just an emotional outlet, not just an opportunity to be angry or to get on TV or whatever. And I'm not, I'm not trying to diminish what these folks were trying to do, but it didn't help, I, did, I believe, their efforts. The protesters escalated their actions on the last day of session when a woman threw menstrual blood during Senate floor session, ultimately ending in their arrest, but not before shutting down Senate proceedings and disrupting the assembly. The last time the legislature was shut down by a protest was in 2001 when a truck rammed into the Capitol. Despite the protests during the end of session, legislation continued to move forward to the governor's desk. Roughly 2,600 laws were introduced this legislative year, and about half of these bills will be considered by the governor to be chaptered into law. We spoke with a few offices who experienced legislative victories and plenty of attention outside of the building. One of the first bills to be signed by the governor this year was Assemblymember Shirley Weber's Use of Force Bill, which changes the standard for when law enforcement can use deadly force to only when necessary. It's a significant change. This bill will modernize the use of force standard, increase public trust in law enforcement, and make our communities safer, and may very well be a model for the rest of the nation as our federal government looks west to California for progressive standards. Signed into law by the governor in August, Anthony says their experience with the use of force legislation affected him and the rest of Assemblymember Weber's staff personally and professionally. You know, extremely challenging and difficult personally and professionally. And I think you relive the trauma that these families have experienced um, and, and to understand what you're carrying and, and what the member is carrying and what the rest of the office is carrying, you know, it, you really get close with everyone. Um, but it's exhausting too. And I think it's important for people to know that um, we're here to serve um, and we really just want to do the best job possible for the people of California. And I was lucky enough to have that opportunity to work for a member that wanted to tackle an issue that um, not only affects people in California, but affects people across the country. But the work here isn't done. Just ask Assemblymember Weber. So even though we've been at 392, it looked like I stepped out of one issue into the next. <laughs> and, and so someone says, do you always fight? And I said, I, I really don't know because I've never known any other world. And so um, having been a kid raised in the projects, the Pueblos of Los Angeles, and fighting my way through all of those uh, situations of life and school and education, and then getting a job in ethnic studies, which was another fight for 40 years, I don't know what to do not to fight. So I guess that's the that's the challenge I face is, you know, how do I find something so so cushy and nice that I can put my feet up and everybody agree with me? (laughs) Supporters and opponents of Assemblywoman Lorena Gonzalez's worker status bill regularly rallied for their point of view at the Capitol and some were louder than others. AB5 would clarify who would be an independent contractor and who would be an employee. 
Originally written to help low-wage workers in the service industry, the spotlight was frequently stolen by ride-hailing companies Uber and Lyft. The bill was signed by the governor the week following the end of session. Sammy, in Gonzalez's office, spoke to us about how her team and the bill's supporters responded to the opposition's messaging. You know, I think it's just a matter of forming teams, forming, understanding who's on your team. And and thankfully, we have, the, I, I rarely will say thankfully, we have social media. But like, <laughs> in this capacity, it's been helpful to be able to form like, groups with people on social media that are very much advocates for AB5 mm-hmm. so we can team up and work with them on saying hey like this is what's happening can you help us manage the message uh, because I am only one person and I can't respond to every single thing I see but I can definitely let people know hey we appreciate your support can you help us out here and so that's been kind of the way I've tried to manage it um, we know that people are passionate about this We know people care about this and we care about it so much and we want to hear those people and hear what they have to say but we don't respond to bullies we don't respond to people that aren't here to have a thoughtful conversation um so we we see those things but we also take them with a grain of salt like honest uh we just and it's it's sometimes it's overwhelming but it's uh it's not it's not something we can't manage as a team the renter protection bill introduced by assembly members Chu, Bloom, Bonta, Grayson, and Wicks is the biggest victory for California renters in decades. It would create a statewide limit on rent increases of 5% plus inflation and requires landlords to provide just cause when evicting tenants who have been renting for years. This is now on the governor's desk. We spoke with Assemblymember Wicks quickly off the floor of the Assembly about the Renter Protection Bill, the last week of session, and what the process has been like as a freshman legislator. I was a joint author on um, AB 1482, which was the um, anti-rent gouging bill. And so as a freshman coming in, you know, got to work in this coalition led by David Chu, um, Rob Bonta, Tim Grayson, and myself. The four of us were kind of the principal authors on it and so spent months working on it. A lot of negotiations on the bill, a lot of politics. The governor got involved, you know, watching the Senate vote and working on that and then taking it back to the floor here. We had a very lively debate on the topic yesterday. Um, And so it was, I learned a lot. And I think, you know, just from my perspective, working with David, he's chair of the housing committee. Um, I I sort of, I just told David yesterday, I said, I'm just going to be like perched under your little wing. You know, you're you're teaching me how to fly here in the building. Um, So it's been just very enjoyable to see how the the really tough policies get made Mm -hmm. and what that process is like. In the last week of session, we talked to assembly members, chiefs of staff, ledge directors, ledge aides, and assembly fellows. They shared with us why the hectic, frenetic, chaotic energy of legislative work is all worth it. We all complain about the long hours this week and how hard everything is and how much work we have to do. But at the end of this week, it's it's really evident that this is the reason that I'm here. This is what I love the most. There's always more work to do, though. And um, yeah. that's why I came here. That's why I think Dr. Weber came here. And that's why the people that work for Dr. Weber. And I like to believe the rest of the people in the building came here is because they know that there's something that they want to see um, worked on for California. And... Um, that's what we're going to do. You know, it's like I always call it those West Wing moments, those, those beautiful, beautiful moments that where politics has a significant impact on people's lives. And there's this sense of camaraderie with the people who have brought that forward. Mm-hmm. I always love it when kind of people are more focused in that moment of the debate where they kind of throw their talking points off to the side and they speak from the heart. Um, I think those are always really engaging 
moments, especially as a policymaker, where you're really hearing people from all sides of the aisle really speak with their conviction. It has been moved and seconded that the assembly adjourn and the quorum call is lifted. While the legislature gaveled down at 3 a.m. on Friday, September 13th, there is still work being done in the Capitol. Governor Newsom has until October 14th to act on the remaining bills on his desk and will decide whether to veto or sign remaining legislation. That's all for this episode of Look West. A special thank you to all of our guests who took time out of their schedules during the last week of session to sit down and share their stories with us. Sammy, Laura, Joe, Anthony, Caitlin, Estela, Russell, Jorge, Aaron, and everyone else who stopped and talked with us in the halls. This is Bella Romero, and thank you for listening to Look West. The Look West podcast is produced by the California Assembly Democrats. Please subscribe and rate this show wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And when you think of California and politics, remember to look west.